This is Silver Linings, a podcast where we celebrate stories of social impact, shared by students, alumni, faculty members, and special guests of the Singapore University of Social Sciences, previously on Silver Linings. What do you think that entrepreneurs um, should focus on in terms of impact uh, businesses? What do you think are the areas we will see growth in future? And what are the domains really where you feel your generation has a high potential of uh, succeeding? Call me biased, but I personally think that food waste is a problem that I encourage uh, people to look at. I think there's a lot, a lot of room for multiple players and competition drives innovation and At the end of the day, if we reduce more food waste, the real winner will be Mother Earth. I think in terms of, let's say, just education alone, Mm. definitely like we mentioned earlier, there's this huge trend in higher learning. I do see lots of new startups now coming up that they're focusing on using virtual learning to Mm. help children, for example, in China, learn English. So there's a huge trend in this aspect. Mm. Or even, let's say, for example, helping children learn and pick up coding, STEM. There's many of such um, startups ongoing now, in primary schools even. Uh, as well as um, even in preschools as well. So there's this huge trend going for education. I think um, in the near future for education, where we're headed to is essentially trying to make sure that we balance the idea of virtual virtual learning as well as you know um, real-world learning with the children. So I often have this thing whereby I tell all my co-founders as well as that I always say, you know, as an educator myself, um, we ourselves are gatekeepers for the young children. So essentially to ensure that the tech that we use for the young children and how beneficial can it be we have to control the usage of tech. So even though I myself, I'm encouraging children to use tech, but ultimately we have to control and we have to make sure that the tech that we are producing and giving to the young children actually works. I wouldn't say there's this vertical going for the preschool education as of yet, but I do think that I think in the near future there might be because right now principals actually do see the need in this. Uh, they, are, they are looking more towards virtual content. Mm. So an example was, in fact, I interviewed a couple of Indonesian um, principals, teachers as well, I asked them, you know, um, how is it like currently on in your schools with learning? So they mentioned about how there's this lockdown ongoing now, Mm. their kids are having a hard time learning, and then, you know, they have to resort to purchasing just random programs for their children online to keep their kids in schools learning even from home Mm. because they don't want the parents to pull their children up from school. So I think um, preschools definitely are losing the need right now. But in terms of what verticals I think are growing other than education, Mm. I do not think at the moment there is a clear vertical because, in fact, right now there are so many venture funds out there, you know, mm. whatever you want to target, be it education, be it environment, be it uh, social, be it mental health. There are many venture funds and many companies out there that are starting their own incubators, accelerators, mm. their own programs. So whatever fund you want to receive, be it from, you know, I know of Lego. Lego had their Lego ventures as well, mm. you know. So um, UNICEF had, has their own venture funds as well. So essentially, whatever problem is a founder I want to solve, I think out there in the world, there's bound to be, you know, people that can get money and get um get investors' money from. Mm. So um, I don't think the vertical is a, is the most important thing, but rather as a founder, what do you really want to solve? And definitely, there are venture funds out there that you can go out there and get money and raise money from. So we just had to focus on certain areas and make our bets there. So right now we're looking at cruise ships and, and trying to see how we can potentially work with them. Uh, cruises are set to sail soon, so we think that there'll be an opportunity there. I mean, cruises are essentially floating hotels, and they are notorious for generating a huge amount of waste. So I think there will be opportunity there. So yeah, just thinking hard about exploring options also, I think that's another thing that's important, right? Just really laying out all possible options and just thinking through objectively, like which option would give us the best chance at yielding the most favorable result. 
people ask me all the time, like, Rena, how do you feel during this COVID and all? And honestly speaking, sometimes I have a problem sharing with them how I feel. It's not that I don't feel, I feel things, but like, I think as a founder, mm. I've just learned to sort of not let my emotions sort of cripple me mm. or to sort of cloud my decision-making process. The way my team and I are seeing COVID is like, this is just another problem we need to solve mm. or tackle or to manage. Like the many 10,000 other problems that happen on a day-to-day, you know, that our company faces, it's just another fire, right? You just need to solve it. So let's mm. just lay our emotions aside for a moment and let's just be objective and let's just pull our ideas together and how can we tackle this problem? Mm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it reminds me actually of the story of Airbnb, if you think about it. The 2008 crisis hit them, and they were so creative. They started to sell cereals, right, during the presidential campaign, just to survive and have a bit of more longer runway. It's it's definitely, I think, the right way. You have to look at your business again, right, reevaluate, be creative, innovative, and stretch your runway as much as possible so that you can then enter um, back full force once situation gets better, right? In mm. some sense, you know, when there is a problem, when there's something like a depression, for example, you know, the world finds a way to cope with it and solve it. So I think for founders in general, we have to be idealistic. We have to think positively. So no matter what happens, we have to find a way to resolve it. Even there's a problem, we have to find a solution to it. And I think if we do let emotions cloud our thinking and our judgment, it does affect not just ourselves, but also our employees and people under us as well. So no matter whatever happens, it's up to us to suck it in, not show and to really tell people, okay, look, we have to portray that confidence to know that, that we can actually resolve this problem. So I think for the education sector in terms of COVID-19, how has it hit us essentially is that um, as of now, schools are cutting back on their budget and their spending because of, you know, they want to resolve and ensure that kids do not leave schools. And in the kids actually leaving, this may result in them generating revenue at the same time. So I think uh, for now, that is one of the issues that we're trying to resolve as well. But most definitely, I think it will be something that we can resolve in time to come. Mm. At the same time, I also just want to say that, I mean, obviously, you know, this this situation is unprecedented Mm. and it it must be a very difficult time for all founders. Mm. And honestly, there really is no shame in raising your hand and saying like, this is getting too overwhelming. Mm. At one point, it's also totally fine to say, this was a great learning journey, but uh, this is it, right? Yeah, COVID or not entrepreneurship is a very lonely and difficult journey. Mm. I think all the more during such a situation where, you know, you have immense pressure from your shareholders maybe or your team where you feel like you're responsible for their livelihoods. There really is no shame in raising your hand and saying like, I need help, mm-hmm. right? And just speaking to people. I myself, I have, I'm very fortunate to have a really strong uh, support structure and I'm intentional about crafting those support structures mm. because I also know I'm human. <laughs> And uh, there are days where it gets a little bit more difficult and I give a call to my investor and just share with him how I'm feeling. And, uh, which is why also I think in the same breath, I just want to say I'm very thankful for the investors I have because they are not just there to collect their money when we exit, mm. right? They see me as a human being. They see me as a founder and they understand that it's a difficult time. And yeah, so I just want to say, I mean, to our viewers who are listening, I mean, if you're going through a really difficult time, there really is no shame in sort of raising your hand and saying like you need help. I think all the more during this time, you will realize that actually there are a lot of available support structures and help that it's out there. Mm, okay. And we spoke about this earlier, remember mentioning about our mental health mm. um, in founders as well. So I think recently, me and my co-founders, we have talked about this thing known as imposter syndrome. Mm. In some sense, you know, how do we portray confidence at the same time? You know, we do not let our inner self, our mental health deteriorate, you know, at the same time. So I think... Um, 
ultimately uh, like what we talked about with regards to um, mental health I think for many founders out there like what Vina mentioned it's a really lonely journey mm. but at the same time we do have to portray a fund not just to ourselves not just to our team but to our investors as well mm. so ultimately what it is is that we have to <laughs> find support groups that can help us and communities can help us along mm. the way as well so Definitely. and talking about support structures so uh, what we have done at SSS actually is uh we started two initiatives in the COVID times. Uh, one is the Gig Economy, or Gig Academy now called, and the Venture Builder. So with the Gig Economy, what we are trying to do is to teach them very deep skills in a certain field, may, um, help them to become freelancers, and then channel gig work to them. So amazing to see in a couple of few months, actually some of them have closed for digital large sales and are now creating their own company, if you will, right? And providing gig work. And at the other side, we have the venture builder that is now helping people with ideas, with a passion, with some grit. And we try to support them, help them. We even pay them a stipend, thanks to Enterprise Singapore and SG United. And uh, really want to make sure that they are able to get either the SG United grant or achieve revenue so that they eventually can hire themselves uh, through this company and create jobs for themselves and others. But actually, since you're students, right, and, um, and you're entrepreneurs at the same time, I would like to hear what you think as a university, what really makes sense as a support structure? What would you like to see in a university to make your life a little bit easier? Since you're both entrepreneurs and you're both SSS students, I would like to hear from your perspective what do you think actually makes sense for a university entrepreneurship program? How can we support you? What could we do? What would actually be meaningful to you? Mm. Uh, I think for me personally, I feel the biggest value I sort of gain from sort of support structure is really mentorship. Mm. I mean, as much as, you know, at the start, we benefited a lot from like workshops and stuff around like, okay, how do you think about your business model? Mm. How do you think about marketing and stuff like that? Those things are very general, mm. which were obviously very helpful at the start. But I think right now what we need is someone who can just journey with us and help us sort of think through the day-to-day -day problems that we are facing. So a workshop, I don't think, is the best to sort of it's too deal general, with that. Right? Exactly, you it's too general. That is customized to your problems. Exactly. Mm. So yeah, I think like previously, I benefited tremendously from having regular sessions with my Alibaba Cloud Program mentor. And I will meet him once in two weeks. Our entrepreneur in residence. Right? Yes. Mm. Yeah. And just literally, we had no prior gender, quote unquote, to the meeting. It's just go there and share your problems mm. and just talk through certain things, right? I think those things were really helpful because, well, for one, Brian has a lot of experience. I mean, mm. he used to run his own company. It's amazing. And it's just like a sort of soundboard and someone who can sort of really challenge, say, my ideas and my perspectives on certain things. So I think that is sort of useful. The other sort of thing I think would be useful also is, uh, if possible, just help with like uh, BD, like mm. business development. So as a B2B company, our sales cycles can tend to be very long, mostly because we have to spend a lot of time to get to the decision maker mm. or to get to the person that understands or is the relevant person, right, to put it that way. And historically, how we've been able to sort of accelerate our sales process is when someone is able to introduce us to sort of the key decision maker, the key relevant decision maker, 
Um, not sure if this is really possible at the mm, university. Definitely. We're definitely but, uh, trying yeah. to build up our um, B2B, let's say, pool of, of people, right? To connect you to the right uh, associations, organizations who can actually give you warm introductions, right? Yep. Because I think for a young entrepreneur, what is really hard is to cold email, cold call somebody and then hopefully somebody picks up and, and gives you a meeting, yeah. right? It's much easier if you get a warm introduction. Absolutely. And therefore, we have all these incubators, right? So SUSS incubator, but we obviously encourage you also to look out for others. Uh, I think there are amazing incubators out there, right, that really benefit to the founders and introduce warm connections. So we're definitely trying to build up our pool here. Challenge is sometimes it's because we're industry agnostic. We have, you know, 50 mm -hmm. over startups. Um, everybody or a lot of startups are in different industries. It's quite challenging for us to really make sure that we have the relevant connections in all the different industries. But now with our domain experts in the verticals that I've mentioned, we're trying to really go in that direction of building a pool of businesses that are actually suitable for early stage founders to try go out and try and test uh, their ideas. No? Mm. I think for me it was a bit different as compared to Vignette was that I started off my journey like you mentioned earlier mm. was that I began off by going to Shenzhen to try out and test out ideas. Mm. So for me it was that, that period of time where it was really a bouncing thing for me where I was just trying out many different ideas and I, th I think the school is a great platform for that mm. if you're an aspiring entrepreneur you know just try out as many ideas as you can because you know it's okay to fail Mm. just come up with something new you know something that works and ultimately I think the most important thing is to find something that really really connects to you yeah. as an individual and what you actually really want to solve so I think in terms of how the school can help in this point in time where I've gotten my grant mm. and I've moved from that stage of constantly bouncing around trying to figure out exactly what problem I'm trying to solve I think for now for our company like what Raynham has mentioned Aline, was also definitely um, the area of mentorship because like him ours is also a B2B platform whereby we focus a lot on trying to get to the key decision makers oh. so definitely if we have connections or to, to be able to meet people of you know of relevant of um, like we can make decisions with them mm. it will really help with quickening that sales process for us in the preschool segment it can be quite difficult because in education ultimately when let's say we deal with a principal let's say for example I go and pitch to a principal he or she may not be the one that could make the decision on whether or not to purchase the platform for example mm. ultimately it goes up and it boils up to the headquarters the heads of the school the heads of not just one particular preschool conglomerate but you know many so there could be many chains of preschools but they all form under one HQ. Like, so the one person makes the hate and the decision maker is that person that we're trying to reach to. So ultimately, if we can reach that person, it will help to speed up our sales process. So I think definitely for a startup that has matured in some sense, networking, mentorship will be the most important. Mm, great, great, great to know. So that's, yeah, one of the ways we really try to support is with the help of our, I think, 20 plus uh, mentors and also entrepreneur and residents. But definitely point taken, that it's very helpful to have business connections, right? To make these introductions possible for you. And when it comes to school, right? University um, and taking a bachelor, uh, trying to finish your undergraduate degree. Uh, how is it going? <laughs> I wish SUSS would just, you know, not require me to take any more credit units. Are you that's listening? <laughs> yeah, that's a conversation for another day. I mean, so personally, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, people ask me, this all the time, right? Like, mm. they ask me, what do I think about university? And what do I think about getting a degree? And my answer to them always is that university is one of the best places for you to go and figure out what you love and what you enjoy mm. and what you're good at. And the reason why I say it's the best is because there's no risk. 
There is no it's risk such a, at all. It's a safe playground, right? I mean, you think about it for a moment, right? <laughs> if let's say you are training to be an accountant and you want to figure out if like accounting is your thing, right? Whether you're good at it, number one, whether you enjoy it. Now, if you balance some books, right? And then you balance wrongly, for example, and you didn't realize, mm. nothing's going to happen. You're just going to get maybe a poor grade. But you just imagine in the real world, if you balance the books wrongly or you get some numbers wrong, that could have tremendous implications for that company. So, yeah, university is just one of the best places for you to figure out what you're good at, what you enjoy. And I guess like, as soon as you have that figured out, then I think university has served its purpose. This is my personal opinion, mm. uh, especially if you are looking to start your own business. Personally, I don't think that my degree has added a lot, a lot of value to what I'm doing today. People always ask me like, oh, so Reyna, you're a finance major. How has that helped you in your company? And I say that honestly speaking, there are only two modules that has helped me. Uh, one being financial accounting and the other one being contract law. You didn't take strategy yet. Though. I haven't taken That's strategy. That's supposed to be one of the really, really helpful models. Uh, but I, it's a tough I, one, right? That's why you didn't take it. I'm not sure about that. I mean, I've heard, you know, sort of comments from some of my batchmates. Maybe the, the module has sort of evolved over time. Yes, yes, it did. Um, we always evolve. But yeah, I mean, overall, I feel that like my degree hasn't really helped me that much. But it's really just a good place for people to sort of mm. figure out what they're good at and... Mm. And, and stuff yeah I think for me it came at a good time because you know just when I'm finishing my third year mm. Alibaba had this option where I could actually have a minor in entrepreneurship you know mm. take one gap year off to work on my startup so in comparison to Vena I think for me I finished all my courses already mm. I'm ready to graduate in 2021 we, we were of different batches, right, Rina? 2017, and I'm actually from the upcoming 2021. So there's a huge change in SUS in what you guys have provided us in terms of how we can pursue entrepreneurship. So I'm thankful for me, I managed to finish my school. And I think for my degree itself, it has really helped me and benefited me because I am pursuing something in preschool and the courses I've attended actually has helped me as well. But I think in terms of the business aspect or the entrepreneurship aspect, my course has not helped me in that. So I am thankful that I had the opportunity to meet Brian, our entrepreneurship investment as well, to talk about this aspect of business and how can we develop the business portion. Mm. And for me myself, I'm not trained and adept in the, the entrepreneurship, the business development segment, mm. because I am trained to be an educator. Mm. My major is education. So I think with this cross-industry, and the idea of pursuing business development and education, that's how it actually leads to much more innovation. Many verticals, when they come together and affect one another, mm. it helps with new innovations. Mm. So, for example, like I'm trying to pursue education with technology, with business. Trying to pursue things like, for example, machine learning as well, AI. How can you actually benefit our company? So I think it will help drive innovation and help potential students or educators like me try and pursue something much more than just, for example, educating young children. Mm. There could be more to it as an educator mm. than it is to just be teaching. Mm. Teaching is definitely one of the best things, but... Ultimately, if you want to see and how you can innovate and help the industry, I think another way would be to pursue different verticals. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm in the field of technology yeah. and trying to make it bigger on this segment. I, I mean, I have to say, I mean, and this is credit to you, Alan, and your team. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, if anything, if I look at my whole SUSS journey, definitely I think the entrepreneurship side of things were obviously valuable, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember when we had a conversation about can I sort of start my own company and have that as part of my work attachment as opposed to me having to go and intern at a bank? Mm. Yeah, I think that itself was obviously very valuable because I could just focus on trying to start a company and there's no better way to learn about entrepreneurship than to actually do it, right? Mm. Mm. And I love how the Alibaba program is structured. There are no like sort of lessons or causes for us on entrepreneurship to sort of attend. The program literally is go and start figure your company and figure it yeah, out, right? Figure yeah, it so out. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I'm of the belief that entrepreneurship cannot really be taught in a classroom. Agree, um, yeah. I, we can support you. I yeah, I, I believe that there are things you can learn for sure, mm. right? I mean, I read a lot, mm. right? And I consume a lot of content online from other founders and just to hear about how they're thinking through certain things. Mm. I, I read books from Peter Thiel and those classics, right? Mm. To some extent, I think entrepreneurship can be taught in that sort of form, but more than half of it needs to be you sort of experiencing it yourself. Mm, so definitely. I appreciate that the Alibaba program mm. is as such. Uh, you guys don't make us sort of take exams mm, or right. tests or anything, but literally the criteria to passing is you're able to raise money, which I think is to some extent a fair assessment metric mm. because if you're able to sort of raise money, then the industry, quote-unquote, is convinced that you have a product or service that brings value mm. and you're able to sort of generate revenues uh, from that. So, mm. Great, yeah. yeah. Definitely it's something we want to, to look at, that it's applied learning, right? Because I think the times of just consuming knowledge are over because you can go on YouTube and you can consume all that type of knowledge, right? Yeah. And you can get access actually now to the best professors in the world. Look at all the, the masterclass type of um, companies, right? Exactly. But what we are really trying to do is to support you in your entrepreneurial journey as much as possible so that you reduce your chances of failure. Mm. Still, it's probably 98% of <laughs> companies fail, right? But if we can help you a little bit to fail fast, impact faster, then I think uh, that's something that we want to do. And what I love about SSS personally is that really it's because of our management. I think, you know, we have Provost, Dr. Yap, mm. they are incredibly visionary. Yep. They will always want to be five years ahead. And uh, they challenge us, but they also, at the same time, they try to steer the university, I would say, in a way, um, in the right direction, if you will, because applied learning, experiential learning, these are probably going to be the topics of the future and not so much, uh, you know, traditional kind of classroom learning. So because of these people, I think programs like the Alibaba Cloud, SSS Entrepreneurship Program, has been made possible so that you only need to get funded to pass the minor, right? Ellen, have you ever thought of, you know, SUSS having a boot camp, for example, like an entrepreneurship boot camp? Yeah, that's how we started, right? In right. 2017. Right. Um, I joined SUSS in 2017 and then uh, I was asked, okay, how can we prepare our students for the Alibaba Cloud uh, program? Because the thinking was, maybe they don't have an MVP yet, you know? Maybe they don't know what is, how to build a prototype. How can we get them to that level where the Alibaba Cloud program starts? And um, when I started my own company, I joined a boot camp. Uh, it was the Lean Startup Machine mm. in Singapore. That was 2011, I think. One of the first boot camps that actually came around. And I think Singapore was really at its early stage of building a startup ecosystem right. and that was three days even overnight uh, i had to pitch my idea uh, found a team we were working together and then we validated that idea that i had or maybe some would say we validated some would say we invalidated <laughs> it but i was just so passionate mm. about it i really wanted to go ahead and build the company and then spend four years trying my way in building a business mm. um and the same concept we then applied so what if we create a program like a boot camp mm -hmm. where we actually uh, help our students to just start with an idea and bring them to the MVP or prototyping stage. Mm. Because I began off my journey as well, like, like mm. same, similar to you, mine was actually through Startup Weekend. Mm. So, you know, the founders of Carousel. So mm. it was a 54-hour boot camp. It was a rush. So essentially, I think for many 
aspiring entrepreneurs the best thing is to try out like what Rainer mentioned just to try out just to test so for example you can go through many workshops on how to conduct interviews with your potential clients but when you really meet one face to face your mind can suddenly just go blank you know whatever you've learned you just forget everything you know and I think the best way like what Rainer has mentioned is to really try and test it out for example that bootcamp I attended 54 hours you were forced to come up with an idea a pitch and just demo it to a group of investors, a professional investors, in fact. That's how Policy Pell started, right? right? So yeah. many startups were actually created over So the best way is to really just go out there and try it out and test it out and just pitch. Keep pitching. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Keep practicing. Yeah, we get, I think in a week, we get like three uh, inquiries. Can you ask uh, the students to join these uh, type of boot camps or competitions? So I think there's a lot, right? It's incredible the yeah. amount of companies and organizations who want to have an innovation yeah. challenge. Yeah, mm. this is why also I feel Singapore is really one of the best places to start a company, mm. just because we had that ecosystem. When I first started three years ago, I think it was quite sort of well established. I can only imagine right now. I mean, if you're just a founder starting out, right, the amount of support you have, it's yeah, accelerators, tremendous. pitching competitions. I mean, that's literally how we got like the first quote-unquote funding for our company, right? Mm. I remember just sort of spending my weekends like pitching at different pitching competitions and then it's like 1k here or 2k there you 5k there won. I remember every time Raina was at a competition he was like sending me a picture and saying yeah we won again okay yeah. how much this time yeah just very thankful I mean there were a lot of such competitions going around mm. and uh, I remember you know I literally memorized my pitch to the point where almost every other week I was using the same exact pitch and you know pitching competitions they're all like okay you pitch for 5 minutes right so mm. it's going to be the same presentation deck <laughs> same pitch and then same Q&A because like you know, the questions are just going to be more or less the same so I sort of just regurgitated yeah. from heart and yeah I think that's amazing right because I feel like as early stage companies as founders that's just one of the best ways to sort of get going right just yeah. start pitching ideas to mm. as many people as possible learn from them learn from the questions they're asking mm. and then hopefully if there's some price money use that money to go and build a prototype mm. and then try and get some traction mm. so yeah You've been listening to Silver Linings. You may find the next part of this episode on suss.edu.sg slash podcast or on your preferred podcast listening platform.